All right, this is our last part on real prayer. Be our third lesson here on lesson 10. So turn your Bibles, if you would like, to Philippians chapter number uh, 4. It's been our theme verse. We'll start with that. Let me give you a review if you still have your notes. Uh, this will be our last time. The Roman numeral 1 is patience, P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. That's your first blank. And then letter A is graciously. And then the other one, letter B, is patiently. And then letter C is continuously. All right, you got that? Now, we go to the Roman numeral 2, which we did part of it last week, or two weeks ago. Uh, And that is Philippians uh, 4.6. We started with that. But the blank on Roman numeral 2 is prayers. The prayers of believer. And then letter A is the desire for our request. And so we'll finish with that. And uh, God basically tells us he truly desires to bear our burdens and to unload our hearts as we pour our needs to him. It's not that he doesn't know that we need those things, but the practice of prayer is for us more, more so than is for him. He already knows what we need before we ask. Yes, sir. We are in letter, uh, yes, Philippians chapter number four. Keep your hands there in verse number six. Yeah, the prayers of believers. And so he truly wants to have our burdens be bared out to him or bear our burdens to him, I should say like that, and unload our hearts. Now, the the funny thing is, uh, why do you think, we still sometimes neglect praying. Uh, Even though there's a lot of good principles already in Scripture that tells us that prayer really is for us, more so than it is for the Lord. It is for us. It's what God uh, gave us as a gift that we can partake in and uh, for us to be able to get things uh, done Uh, to help us in our mental health. You'll find that as we go on and finish this lesson here, we'll find that prayer helps our mental health. And then it continues and gives us stability emotionally. It does a lot of things that uh, can keep us young in a lot of ways because uh, prayer relieves stress. It really does. And uh, as you look at that in Scripture, so there's three things here that our our author of this lesson here uh, came up with three reasons why we still neglect it, even though it's that good for us. And uh, we come to that right now under letter A, all right? And I'm going to go through them quickly here. Number one is pride. Number one is pride. Why people neglect to pray could be because of pride. Like a little child who wants to care for his own needs without help, we sometimes have a too high of an opinion of our ability to solve problems. We don't recognize God's superior power, and we think we can handle our lives on our own. So that could be true for some that neglect prayer is simply because of pride, and pride can be cute. 
And I love that it's, it's likened to a little child. And I have a two-year-old that is exhibiting that. You notice when they become mobile and they're able to do some things, they feel they can do stuff now. And they are unaware of danger, uh, climbing up on tables and climbing up on counters and looking at chandeliers as a, a way of a jungle gym, right? And we that know better, we as adults are able to do that, but we don't because there's dangers in that. But they don't. And so sometimes that is the same idea. Maybe we're acting like that independent, uh, childish independence from our Lord. And so pride could be a hindrance of this great, great practice and the great uh, avenue for us to really help us in a lot of ways. A prayer is just so uh, good. It's just so good in a lot of ways. It's a good practice to be had. Uh, it helps you in all realms of your life, in the physical realm, in your mental mind, in your emotional realm. It just helps you spiritually. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's got so much good that it does for you. Okay? Uh, unbelief. That's another uh, maybe reason why we neglect such a great practice and such a great, uh, a great way to, to, uh, to live a life, uh, a prayerful life. Unbelief. Sometimes we simply don't believe that God will answer if we did pray. Instead of bringing our requests before the Lord, we worry over them, disregarding the hundreds of promises in God's word that he will hear us and help us when we pray. In fact, some children are better at prayer than adults, simply because children really believe God can do anything. And that's the childlike faith we all talk about. The Bible talks about that, that uh, that is something to be had, even as an adult, to remain a child in the sense of your faith in God is unaltered. And you really believe, as a child would believe, that God can do anything. And then lastly is probably the, the probably really is where I fall is busyness. Busyness. Now I'm not saying I'm perfect with pride, right? Or unbelief. I have those. Well, but most of the time it's really simply this is being busy. Or make couple it with this lazy. Can I put that there together? You know what I mean, right? I think everybody that knows what I'm talking about here understands why I would put that there. Uh, busyness or laziness. It's all too easy to fill our lives with important activities and ministry while neglecting the most important activity of seeking God's face and power. And with that, let's pray and let's continue this morning. Lord, we come and we are really needed, uh, needy people in, in a lot of ways. Lord, in our private life and in, in, in a place where uh, you know, you know exactly who we are. Uh, your light just shines upon us, and it brings out all the frailties. And in that area where we're very vulnerable, Lord, you know that we need you. And it doesn't change just because now we're in public. It doesn't change all of those weaknesses and faults we have in our, in our hearts. It doesn't change simply because we went to the church today. And, Lord, uh, we are weak. You told us we are weak, and Lord, we need your strength. And Lord, we need to remain weak in ourselves so that we can be strong in you. Our source of power is not us. Our source of power is you. And Lord, today, even myself as the teacher and preacher of this thought, help me 
to not be a hindrance. Help me not to be a castaway after I preach to others. Help me, uh, guide me, help me to live a life that exemplifies the truths I'm preaching this morning and teaching in Sunday school. Bless those that are not here due to sickness. I know some are sick. I know my mom and dad are not feeling well. Help them. Help others that I signify they're feeling ill today. Give them health again. Lord, health is in your hands. Lord, bless them with good health. Help those that uh, are away, are doing things, Lord, uh, as of now. Bless, bless them as they're gone from our presence. Lord, help them uh, to be encouraged by maybe a church they're going to attend where they are. Lord, bless our morning today. Bless our whole day and all the things we say and do in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 18.1 tells us, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And faint is a sign of quitting. Faint is a sign of stopping. And so, uh, man, uh, prayer is key for us to continue. Clear and simple, God tells us he wants to hear our request. So these three things, don't let it hinder you. And I'm making you a neglectful prayer person, all right? Pray. Don't let pride hinder you. Don't let unbelief hinder you. And don't let busyness or lack of appetite, laziness, keep you from praying. Pray. Let's go to letter B now uh, on the same uh, point under letter uh, number two, the prayers of believers. We looked at the desire for our requests. Now we look at the delivery of our requests. Uh, that's your blank there under letter B, the delivery, D-E-L-I-V-E-R-Y, the delivery of our requests. And in Philippians chapter number 4, in verse number 6, I'm sure you're there. Uh, I told you to be there, and I neglect to be there myself. I have it in my notes, but I I like you to think that I'm reading the Bible. And so Philippians chapter number 4, uh, just to keep us all honest, right? Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 6. And I read it from my Bible here. It says, be careful for nothing. And here's the delivery of our, our prayer. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So there's three that we're going to look at here. And that is prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. We'll just define some of those and what they mean. All right? Uh, first, we see prayer. All right? And God instructs us to be fervent and persistent in prayer. Look at Ephesians 6 and verse number 18. It's in your notes for the sake of time. Uh, you can follow there, and I'm going to read it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all, and there's the word, perseverance and supplication for all saints. All right? Sometimes the common reasons that most people say uh, they don't spend regular time in prayer. Now, we have a prayer life. We, can, we should have an attitude of prayer all day. Uh, that's not a specific time. And that's why there's verses in Scripture that we're always to pray. That's what that means. And also where the Bible says cease not from praying. We, pray, uh, we cease not in praying. And that's the idea of constantly throughout the day in our waking moments, in our conscious Uh, awareness of life and being awake, we pray. We consciously think of God as we drive, as we, as we, as we, uh, 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 I was going to say something in Tagalog, but as we, uh, as we, uh, what's the word here in English? 
as we uh, as we live amongst each other, as we live together in this life, as we as we interact. There's a good word. We pray. We pray. As I interact with my family, as I interact with my neighbors, as I interact with other people outside, as I'm pumping the gas, I'm in an attitude of prayer. What is it, God, that you want me to do for them? What is it something I could do to them, to help them, to be an encouragement, to give them a gospel track, maybe to smile, to say how you're doing, to get to know them so that there's a bridge that I could maybe cross and get them to Jesus Christ. And so there's so many things. As a Christian, somebody calls me, uh, a fellow member from the church or a friend, another pastor friend, I'm in the mindful of prayer. As I'm listening to them to talk, I'm asking God how I need to relate to them, how I need to act to them, what words should I say to them, what verses, please, Holy Ghost, bring up to my memory so I can help in this situation. Help me to be quiet? All right, I'll shut up and listen to them. Those all are happening in the idea of this praying always and ceasing not to pray. That's a prayer life. Now, there is a thing, such a thing as a prayer time, and then you set aside time uh, to do this particular action where you get on your knees, you bow your head, close your eyes. And it's, a, it's a sign of reverence. Right? That's why we do all those things. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a symbol of reverence. And some people prostrate themselves on the ground where they pray. And it's up to you. It's just a, a, a sign of reverence to the Lord that, that, that deserves the glory, that deserves the honor above anybody else. And we, we go to the Lord and pray. And we should have that in a, in, a, in, a, in a regular basis at home. We eat pretty regularly, most of us. We at least eat once a day, right, to keep us going. We drink water to keep us going. We do the normal functions of life to, to make life what it is and keep moving. We sleep. That's a regular time we go sleep, all right? And so in prayer, it's the same way. We should have a regular time to pray. Regular time to pray, just like you have a Bible time that you read your Bible. But uh, the Bible doesn't go away after you're reading it on that time. You meditate on it. You memorize it, right? You ponder on it, right? This is the same idea with prayer. We have prayer life. Throughout the whole day, we're praying. We're either thinking about the Bible, but there's a time that I set aside in the day that I actually open up the Bible and read it. There's actually a time that I set aside and pray, all right? And so get into the habit of regular praying uh, in, in a given time, whatever it be. It might be late in the night for you when there's quiet, or it's early in the morning for you when there's quiet. Pray, pray, find that time, all right? Maybe the, the, the excuse should be, I don't have time. Maybe the excuse should be, I don't have interest. That could be, the, that could be really what's going on, because time is in your hands, you take time to eat, you take time to dress, you take time to care for yourself in hygiene, you, you watch television, you watch a show. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not presuming, but if, if we're still alive after Sunday morning, we're going to probably eat sometime for lunch, and there's a game today, I'm probably going to watch it, right? So if I can do that with my regular things, can I do that with prayer? Absolutely, take a time to pray. Find time. All right? Did I make that point clear to you? I, ho- I hope I did. And I have interest to eat because I love eating. And I have interest to watch the game this afternoon because it's a, it's a, it's a team that I like to watch. Right? And so it's the same with prayer. I'm going to pray because I have interest in it. I want to do it. All right? 
E.M. Bonds said, this is a great book, a uh, great author on prayer. E.M. Bonds said, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and noble methods, but men whom the Holy Spirit can use, men of prayer, mighty in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. You have to know the Holy Ghost and the, and the teaching of the Holy Ghost. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. Don't get lost in the motion. And programs and plans and methods have a place. All right? I'm glad somebody planned out this lesson today, so I'm not just going all over the place. It gives me some order. It gives me what's next, although it took us three times. But it gives me to the next point, correct? So there's nothing wrong with any of those programs. But let's not depend on the program. Let's depend on the Holy Ghost and prayer. After prayer, uh, we see in verse 6 there, Philippians 4 and verse 6. Look at that again. It says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. And, and here's the next word, supplication. And what's that word mean, supplication? The earnest, sincere desire of the heart. All right? So prayer is a heart issue. The earnest, sincere desire of the heart. To truly pray, you must be fully involved. It's your heart involved in it. This is not a, a ritualistic thing we do. And at times, you know, I would say this. In the pulpit here, I have to pray a certain way. You guys understand that. Because we're in a public setting. There is, there is credence to praying a certain way. Correct? Right? Because I'm praying corporately. But guys, when I pray at home, I'm not expecting you to listen to those prayers. And so I can be very myself. I'm not saying I'm not praying with heart here, but it's compounded upon I'm in a public setting. All right? And so that's why we pray with uh, certain, certain nice words we use. Right? But Jesus doesn't have to have nice words for you. I mean, it'd be nice if you pray like that at home. Great. You can be sincere in praying that way. But what I'm saying is that you have to pray with the heart. He's more concerned what's going on in your heart. And you can bear it with him. And he has no, and I praise the Lord for this, he's got no language barrier. He can understand you. He can even understand the deaf that can't say anything. And the mute that can't say a word. God's desire is that we bring him our needs and the needs of others as well. And so, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7 in your note, it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. And there is no ill intention. There is no uh, agenda aside from that truth. He just really cares. And so you can feel at rest. He's got no strings attached. He's got no other plan why he's being nice to you. He's just simply that way. He's just nice to you. He just loves you. He just cares for you. You don't have to pay him back in any way, uh, although uh, true love constrains us because he loves us and we have to reciprocate. Come on, he loves us so much, it makes us want to do something for him. And that's true love. It produces real, genuine love on others. If I, if I so love to you, eventually, if you let that true love penetrate you, you will in some way, shape, or form respond back to me in true love. That's the way it goes. That's why I love loving people. 
Why? Because I get loved. Real love back. I have no agenda, no other uh, uh, plan, skimming, so that I can get something. It's just pure love. And God says, cast your care upon me because I care for you. Wow. George Mueller observed it this way, and what a man of prayer. You hear study his life. The great fault of the children of God is they do not continue in prayer. They do not go on praying. They do not persevere. And we saw that verse in the latter in Ephesians, the word perseverance. And he continues and says, if they desire anything for God's glory, they should pray until they get it. What a tenacity. And he's not being selfish here. He's very clear to let us know this is for God's glory. Not selfish reasons, not lust. We're not praying for our own lust. We're praying for God's glory. Uh, You know, when you pray for people to get saved, it's God's glory. So if you're praying for your loved ones, keep on praying. Keep on praying. The fault is we stop somewhere. We stop believing or we get busy. Stop. Keep on going. Persevere until it happens. Until it happens. We know stories, 20 years, 10 years, where people prayed for something very specific until it happens. God says, come, make your supplication. Make your earnest desire known to me and persevere and pray. Consider Paul's first visit to Philippi. Look at it in Acts chapter number 16 there. I'm going to read you verse 25. It talks about him being in prison here. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And so we come to this third idea. The, 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 the point that we are, are doing here is the delivery. So we had prayer. Now we have supplication, and now we go to thanksgiving. All right? Thanksgiving, what does that mean? So we see here that Paul prayed and sang praises. Praises is singing, but the idea of praise is thanksgiving. When we sing praises unto the Lord, we're singing thank you. That's what we're doing. All right? Thank you in many different words. But the idea of praise is always coupled with thanksgiving. We do it from a thankful heart. And so when Paul instructed them to pray in everything, they knew that he practiced what he preached, right? We're reading Philippians. That's the letter to the the, the, the church in Philippi where Paul was in prison. And he said there, in everything, even in prison. So when Paul wrote this, he was uh, an experience being in prison, and he said to pray and give thanks as part of praying. Thanksgiving, the choice to give thanks, even when we we don't feel like it, helps us to realign our own hearts with the truth of God's goodness. Whether we like it or not, and the circumstances around us is uh, is not likable, when we go to God and thank him for it, we're simply saying, God, no matter what happens here, you're still good. And we agree to him, and we recognize his goodness. All right, look at Daniel chapter number 6 and verse number 10. A uh, great story about Daniel. And his, his circumstances were not pretty. 
Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, and that's the decree, no, they can't pray on any other gods but this, uh, this uh, statue. He went into the house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, this is not in a rebellious spirit, okay? The Bible gives us enough clarity here, all right? He kneeled as he... Uh, uh, he knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. This is, a, this is his habit. This is something he did. And so he was not doing this uh, to just be a smart aleck and defy these people because they made this decree. No, he was doing this before that. And he prayed as he did before. And what did he do? There's a key phrase in there, gave thanks. He's not allowed to pray anymore, but he said, "Uh, God knows best. I'm just going to do what I know to do. And in that, he prayed and gave thanks. And the circumstances was not pretty, but he gave thanks. How about you? Do you pray with thanksgiving, even though the circumstances in your life and the situation you're in is not pretty? Are you thankful, even though it's not going your way? That, that's important to the Lord, that kind of an attitude. Charles Spurgeon commented, when we bless God for mercies, we usually prolong them. So thank the Lord for his mercies. They're renewed for us every morning. When we bless God for miseries, we usually end them. So thank God for that, all right? Thank God for misery. It's easier to bless God, obviously, for mercy than for misery, but at all cases, be thankful. Philip, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 to 18, and here's what I was talking about before. Praying without ceasing. How can you do that? You have an attitude of prayer, a prayer life. Verse 18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There are many reasons to give thanks through trouble, but here are two of them, and I'm going to give you two of them. And we'll finish Roman numeral two of this lesson. Uh, And number one, God has a plan. God has a plan. Regardless of what happens in our lives, we can know that God is sovereign and he's working. Regardless of how it feels at the moment, we can trust that he will work on our behalf and not allow us to suffer above that we can bear. And we can give him thanks for that. And thus, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 is applicable here. There had no temptation taken you, but, as a, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. What a, what a phrase to be in there. God is faithful. If you fail, God cannot fail. So hold on. Hold on, my child, he says, because I cannot fail. If you are holding on to God, you will not fail. The God that we have, it says, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but, with, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God has a plan for the reasons that you go into troubles. Number two, God has a purpose. We often cannot see how the tragedies that God allows us in our lives can be redeemed by God to work toward a divine purpose. But God has a promise that he will do just that. Even before we see how it works out, we can give him thanks for his good purposes. And Romans 8.28 is fitting to this. And we know that all things work together for good. Not all things work, work together uh, good. 
<laughs> but for good. <laughs> to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. There's a purpose that God is working, and he has a plan. And if things are troubled, seems troubled right now, hold on to him. He's got a plan, and he's got a purpose, and you can thank him. Here's a phrase when you're going through trials. This too shall pass. And how many times that has helped my wife and I and myself. This too shall pass. Eventually, I'm going to be in a place where there will be no more sorrow. Eventually, I'm going to be in a place where there will be no more tears. Eventually, I'm going to be in a place where there will be no more sin and no more death. So this too shall pass. I'm not going to say it's going to go by quickly. But I'm going to let you know, it's not going to be there forever. Because Jesus promised me my forever is going to be a wonderful place. My forever is all my preferences. (laughs) Not my wicked sin, uh, but all the preferences that I don't even know I want is going to be in heaven. What I really want. Heaven is what I really want. Not what I lie to myself. You know, sometimes your, your sin is wicked, and it tells you sin is pleasurable. And it is. It lies to you. But when you get close to the Lord, you start to realize the things that I once want, how devastating and destructive they are now that God has shown me some light from his scripture. And then the things that I never thought I wanted, those are the ones I want now. Because now I understand through the scripture, wow, they're great. Yeah, amazing. The peace of believers. This is Roman numeral three. The peace of believer. Peace, P-E-A-C-E. The peace of believers. I mentioned this, I think, Wednesday night. Prayer gives you peace when you pray. Philippians 4 and verse number 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Letter A, the gift of peace. The gift of peace. Perfect peace is a gift from God himself. Look at 2 Thessalonians 3 in verse number 16. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always by all means. Did you read that? That that, that kind of catch you a little bit? 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Let me read it again. Now the Lord of peace himself. Give you peace, always, by all means, the Lord be with you all. What a promise. A worry is tension between mind and the heart. When we realize the cares of our minds, when we release, I should say, when we release the cares of our minds to the Lord in prayer, we are training or focusing our minds on God. And the sweet byproduct of thus staying our minds on him is peace. When you're praying, who are you thinking about the most? When you're praying, who are you thinking about the most? Exactly. And so prayer is a practice to help your mental health. I talked about Wednesday, some of us cannot give peace because we're not at peace with ourselves. Because the source of peace is only God. There's no other source of peace out there. Real peace that I talk about 
is the peace that God gives. Not the world give it to you. I give it to you. And if you cannot have peace within yourselves, it's because you're not tapping into this idea of staying your mind on God. And so may I suggest, if you cannot deal with other people, may I suggest a practice for you. Pray a lot more. You're finding yourself you can't deal with people around you. The problem is not the people around you. The problem is you've not spent time with God. The more you pray, the more God enables you to have peace. And the more peace you have, it's a treasure in your hands. Nobody can take it away from you. Not even the circumstances of life, not even the situation can take it away from you. And if you have it in your hands, the worst that can ever happen to you is die. But in my Bible, it says for me to die is gain. And so why do I fear? There's a song, why do you fear? God is near. I might get hurt by people I love. That's a reality that could happen. I might be betrayed even by the people I love and care. I might even be abused and used and despised and rejected and humiliated by people I love and care. Not even my enemies, by people that I love and care. But my God will never do that. And so if I held on to him, he will right all the wrongs. He will right all the wrongs. I might suffer some of that humiliation for a little time, but he will right all the wrongs and say, it's going to be fine, my child. And so in prayer, you know what I find myself doing? So restful. I don't need you to like me. Because my God's working on that for me. It's not my job for you to like me. I want you to like me. But there's nothing I can do to make you like me. I just need to do what God wants me to do. And even in doing right, people will dislike you. So that's not the end of all. But here's the thought. I don't have to work on you liking me. Because God's doing that for me. You see how the rest I have? You can put any circumstances in there. You have to do your part. Or not go. You have to do your part. I can't be mean to you. right? I can be brutal with my words with you. I can act like a hooligan and then expect you to like me. Obviously. There's Bible verses and truths for that. But when it comes to that, I'm doing exactly what I know God wants me to do, and you still don't like me, that's not up to me no more. God has to deal with you. He's dealing with you. So rest in that. Rest in that. Rest. Whoo, what sweet rest when we come to prayer. When his peace rule. Oh, let me read this to you. Isaiah 26, 3. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. When his peace, God's peace rules, we have peace indeed. Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be ye thankful. A pastor or a fellow church member can give you encouragement, and we should, through difficult times. 
We should. That's something we should do. We should weep with them that weep. But only God can give you peace. Psalms 29.11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And so I said again, perfect peace is a gift from God. He's the source of it, and he's willing to give you that peace. Letter B, the guardianship of peace. The guardianship of peace. G-U-A-R-D-D-I-A-N-S-H-I-P. Guardianship. Okay? The promise that God's peace will do what? It will keep your hearts and minds. That's fascinating. The word keep here means to mount a garrison over. So that peace that guards our minds and our heart, if we're stayed on Jesus... If we're focused on Jesus, and prayer makes us focused on Jesus. The, if you are a praying person, if you're praying right, you're saved. And there's a lot of people that are lost that are praying. A bunch of different weird prayers. All right, and they call it prayer. But they're not really praying to the true God of heaven. And if you're praying to the true God of heaven, and your mind is focused on him, and the more you do that, the more your eyes will be focused on him, the more peace you'll have. And then this peace will keep your hearts and minds like a garrison, there's a protecting power that God puts over your mind and your heart. And that will repeal anxiety. That will repeal doubt and worry. We tend to think that what is required for peace is for our circumstances to be righted. But in reality, what brings peace is when our minds are stayed on God's word. Safety consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Even so, peace consists not in the ideal circumstances, but in the presence of God. And so Paul and Silas could go into prison with no idea of escape, but yet could sing and praise unto the Lord. Because their circumstances had no bearing on their prayer. Because prayer can be done anywhere, at any time. Hallelujah, what a power. And yet we neglect it. And yet we neglect it. Have you prayed today? Have you prayed? Have you prayed for that person? Have you prayed for that situation? Have you prayed? We do not need perfect circumstances to have perfect peace. Psalms 18.2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation. And oh boy, he's my high tower. So in prayer, I can escape all the negativity. In prayer, I can escape all the wicked sins. In prayer, I can escape all the scorners. In my prayer, I can escape all the despises of that, that is, which is good. I just can escape all of it. And so why not, Christian, today? Don't think of prayer as a thing to do, but think of prayer as breathing, as a Christian. I cannot not do it. I have to do it to survive. I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know when I go to the doctor next week 
or the week before that or whenever I'm going to go back to the urologist. And I now know where my prostate are. Wow. I always wondered, but I've come to the mindful age that uh, I didn't even have to ask him. He just said, here they are. And I'm like, whoa, praise the Lord. And uh, I don't know. You know, you see these doctors, they find stuff all the time. And uh, what are you going to do? Right? I'm going to keep my mind on Jesus. Right? I hope that helped you today. (laughs) Sorry, my Filipino came out. It comes only because we know him as our Savior and we choose to bring our prayers and supplication to him with thanksgiving. I don't know what you're going to face. I don't know what the banker is going to say. I don't know what your boss is going to say. You don't have a job. I don't know what circumstance you're going to face. But in all of those, I can promise you this. Jesus says, come. Jesus says, bring your cares because I do care. And there's power. There's so much power in prayer. You're having a problem with peace in your mind. You can't sleep at night because of something or somebody. Stop. Think of Jesus. Let him fix the problem for you. You having a problem with your supervisor at work? You having a problem with the employee? You having a problem with your coworker? You having a problem with your classmate? You having a problem with your wife? You having a problem with your husband? You having a problem with your children? You having a problem with church members? You have a problem with your pastor? I don't care what it is. You go to prayer. Lord, thank you for these great people. Thank you for our church at Faith Bible Baptist Church. Thank you for these people I get to love. And Lord, I, I get to do service with and I, I can serve with. Thank you for your, your power, and you offer in this church, this local church, you give us this power of prayer. And Lord, help us to take part. Help us to pray for one another. Help us uh, to practice supplication. And help us to be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.